0: Hello and welcome to the second to last episode of this season of the quality sense podcast where we learn about software testing while having conversations with different thought leaders. I'm Federico Toledo and I will be your host. Today's guest is by Shelly Palgan, uh, she's responsible for different quality initiatives trying to deliver quality products faster at JP Morgan where she has worked for almost a decade. She empowers teams to continuously improve by leading automated testing strategies and quality transformation. If you are working in test automation or defining a test strategy for, for your team, I think this conversation would be very helpful for you as it brings real and high risk scenarios where test automation is key for the success of JP Morgan software development teams. Get comfortable and let's get into the episode. I'd like to make a short pause to thank Abstracta for sponsoring this podcast. Abstracta is a company fully dedicated to software testing that can work with you to push the quality of your product and processes to the next level. Hello by It's I'm so glad to have you here in the show, welcome, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing good. Thank you. Thank you for giving me this opportunity. I'm really excited.
0: Amazing. So the first question question I have for you is, uh, I want to learn more about your story. I would like to know even how you ended up working in software testing.
1: Yeah, I've been in the software industry for almost 20 years. Um, I started working as a software developer right after college. Um, and in my career, I had worked with different roles. I worked in various fields small firms, large firms. I worked at a technology company, which was very good for the career growth because you get to learn a lot being technology focused. Um, I joined a startup, like a travel portal for a short while because I love to travel. But then soon I realized that employees are not expected, especially software developers, they don't get to travel to fix code on a beat. So eventually, uh, I joined J.P. Morgan around uh, nine years back. I love the complexity involved with finance, and there's always something new and new roles and new line of businesses that support that it supports. Um, in my current role, I am leading the quality um, and driving quality initiatives. My job is to enable teams to deliver quality-focused products faster. So that that summarizes my job here.
0: Oh, uh, being a uh, um... Testing professionally in a company dedicated to the finance sector. I guess there are so many challenges uh, around that. So today we wanted to to talk specifically about test automation, and I think this is part of a, a, a way to deliver uh, products with good quality and faster, as you were as you just mentioned. And one of the questions related to that to start talking about the topic is: Is it possible to work in an agile Um, team successfully without considering test automation as part of your test strategy? What's your experience?
1: It is possible if it is a one-person team. Hmm. (laughs) So I don't think that's going to be a team anyway. But if (laughs) there is more than one person, there is always a need to collaborate and communicate. And if you have end users, their expectations are set. You are trying to build something as a part of a team. And Agile helps you to deliver what was promised. And then test automation ensures that it works every time and it is delivered faster and works perfectly. So it's, a, it's it, they complement each other. It's not one is better than the other, or they are actually supporting and helping the success. So test automation would actually go hand in hand with Agile. So if you have a team, more than two people, you definitely need both of it.
0: Do you remember when you started with your team to work in test automation? It was since the beginning or it's something that you adopted after the experience only with manual testing?
1: So uh, when I moved from a software developer and then I was more curious, I wanted to be more from you know understanding like what the end users are trying to do and how, how to support them better, how to deliver better products. So that itself shifted me towards being more from the quality automation side where you're close to development, but at the same time, you are getting the bigger picture. Of what's the outcome that you're looking for and not specifically just limiting on what is delivered, what needs to be produced or what's going into the release, this, this, this release. So for me, um, I had the experience of working in automation, but when I joined the firm, it was mostly a QA organization where there was dedicated QA teams and manual testers who were driving testing later in the phase. But uh, lucky for me, and then the organization, as such, did value and did see the change coming through, which means that if you wanted to move faster, we cannot have a separate team testing towards the end of the release, but they wanted to move testing left. That's where the shift left happened and where the F-trained quality engineers who are manual testers, how to write code or how to understand and read code. And I've also trained developers how to test because they come from totally different mindsets and having that balance within a team definitely helps. So I think moving from manual testing to automation testing, it is a shift and a mindset shift and a culture shift, but it's always, you know, trying to get better and faster and more stable obligations.
0: Wow, you mentioned many things that I really liked Uh, because (laughs) you are talking about combining different skills. You are talking about having a balance. You are talking about teaching the missing skills in uh, in developers, I would say, or the the, the but, but a skill that is very useful for them when they are developing, which is having kind of a testing mindset, and also try to teach uh, and train testers with the development skills so they can also do a better job automating, right? Uh, mm-hmm. That's that's amazing. So I've seen many companies failing with their efforts to do test automation or to implement test automation. According to your experience, what w- which are the most common reasons that make automation fail?
1: So the main challenges that you face when you're trying to do automate is going to be more on like expertise and execution. Either you don't have the right tool to do your automation or you don't have the bandwidth or you don't have the priority to do the automation and and a lot of times teams assume that it's like a it's like a magical tool that you can bring in and it's going to do everything for you on day 1 and that's where the expertise comes into picture it's not about the fastest tool which is giving you the right test to run or the maximum number of tests to run, it's more about the, the type of test you're running and also what you're testing. So it's not just about the tool, but it's also what are you asking the tool to test? That's actually very important. And that only comes with experience. You have to have the right mindset. And that's where I really admire when people are trying to break the system and they are able to, they won't stop until they break it. <laughs> so mm-hmm. You definitely need to have some testing mindset for that. And also on the execution side, like those teams who do have it set up and they have probably have automated test frameworks running for over the years, but eventually at some point, it's going to become more complex. It's going to be more unstable because you now have thousands and thousands of lines of code that's running for every release and it will break at some point. And we don't realize that um, that when we have some flaky tests, we say, oh, I know why this failing. Um, just ignore that. And then it always fails. And then let's move on to the next one. By saying that, you're actually asking them to not have confidence in your test. So if it is breaking, if it is failing, you either fix it or you delete it. So that is the execution side. You have to have that expertise and execution to ensure that you're building the right tool. And when you're executing it, you're still continuing to maintain it the right way.
0: Yeah, it's better to have less tests that are, are useful than tests that are lying to you or giving you results that are confusing or you have to explain, this is uh, saying that it's uh, something is wrong, but actually we shouldn't be paying attention to it. So yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And then the 80-20 rule definitely works on execution. Like you only have like 20% of your tests should cover 80% of the functionality or the complex scenarios. You don't have to have... 1,000 tests, testing every possible scenario. If you look at what's complex, what's important, what's more risk, then that is the flow that you need to validate every time. And then the test, if they are failing for a certain reason, you know that if it's important or not. Okay.
0: And uh, I understand that you have started with the test automation in your team. So for those people listening to uh, to the podcast uh, now what What advice could you give them, or what things they should take into account for their test strategy to start with test automation?
1: So the number one is um, start small but smart. So you don't have to build the entire hundred percent automated test suite on day one. You have to build the whole you don't have to target to build the whole thing. You have to build it right so you can actually scale it. And at the same time, you have to be smart about how you build it so that you can easily pivot so that you run a small test. It works. Yes, you build on top of it. But then you realize, okay, it's not going to scale enough. It's not the right test. It's not going to be easy to maintain. You should be able to pivot it and then make it better. And you should be tools agnostic. You should be independent of people specific tests. It should be a process that's in more in, pl- in place and it should be simple. It shouldn't take them a long time to understand what you're trying to test. So simple, straightforward, smart, and small.
0: (laughs) Very clear. Very very easy (laughs) to to follow. Well, very easy to tell, but maybe uh, it requires some experience in order to follow all those ideas, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You won't get it right on day one. And that's why you need to start small. And then try to see how I can improve every time. So every iteration, yeah. you should see how can you make it better. And eventually you'll get to the place where it's more stable and you can be confident about what it's testing.
0: It's a learning process, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Cool. I I remember what we, we met like a month ago in a in the studies conference. Mm -hmm. And uh, even though I didn't have the chance to attend to your talk, I know that you were presenting different models related to the the testing that you are doing in in your team now. And there was one in particular that caught my attention, which is the test maturity model. And I don't know if you can explain uh, a little bit of that model to us.
1: Absolutely. And that's pretty much the one pager that summarizes what teams should be doing and what's the definition of good. So the way it started is I, I was, in, I was working with a lot of teams and each team was different. They were in a different stage of their testing journey as well. And a lot of time, if I talk to them and I ask them, do you have automated testing? And they would say, yes, we are unit test coverage is 100%. We don't have to worry about anything. So I had to yeah. put this model in place. For them to understand what it means to be when you're saying that you are having automated tests what it means that it is and those who are already doing some end-to-end tests, some integration test they needed to move to continuous testing so this uh, test maturity model is like a three it has three columns and it has it's color coded the dark blue is a must-have and the light blue is like a could have so basically when you look at it it can talk about if you're doing unit testing you should have at least minimum 50 to 70% coverage. If you're doing integration tests, at least you have one or two tests that are testing what's the upstream or downstream systems. But if you want to be in automated testing, you should be doing at least 70% and up unit tests. You should have the basic integration test for uh, the 80% of the APIs that you're writing. You should have end-to-end tests. So it, it summarizes what is a should have which puts you in a category to tell you where you stand into the entire uh, maturity model and continuous testing is where you need to be where and it's it's like a versions that we keep doing so that in first round we just said okay do some amount of performance testing because it's too overwhelming for teams to look at this big chart and say oh we have to do all of these different types of tests but we said just do performance testing and you can move to continuous testing band and then eventually as teams moved from automated to continuous testing, we can add more details. Now you have to do soak test, stress test. You want to do spike test. You want to do some chaos engineering experiments. You want to do mutation test. So the idea was for this model to exhibit like where are the risks? How can you reduce them? How can you improve the quality? And how can you control the costs? That's the main objective. And I also have a list of different types of tests. And a lot of times teams say, I'm doing component tests. Is it integration test? or I'm doing end-to-end tests? Can it be acceptance tests? So the bottom line is, don't get hung up on the terminology. Your application, your end users, you know where the risk is, and you have to focus on that level of testing. Integration test can be end-to-end test, can be acceptance test, as long as you know what you're trying to test over there. So it basically shows you like a like a chart where how to move from basic testing to continuous testing.
0: Yeah, I I guess that it also works like a roadmap, uh, trying to understand when, where each team is right now and what they can do in order to improve in the different areas, right?
1: Absolutely, yes. It, it, in fact, a lot of teams took that as their uh, roadmap mapper and then they would put milestones across each band. Like this is where we want to be in Q1 and then we, which we should be flowing into here by Q2 and Q3. And then eventually by end of Q4, we should be at this journey right here. So they were able to chat out their roadmap based on that. And it kind of helped them to gauge how much efforts and work they need to do in all those different factors. Like when the test pyramid, they could, they could gauge like what level, what we need to to add.
0: I think it's very useful. Uh, we've been working in something similar, but not specifically for automation, but for the different areas of uh, testing and, and the different factors of quality. Like, uh, because we, we as testers, we have to pay attention to different uh, factors within quality, right? Security, accessibility, the functionality, of course, uh, the performance and, Probably for each team or for each context, at different moments, we have to weight every factor differently. Mm. So learning about ourselves, where our position is at each moment, according to each factor, understanding what's important for our business, help us to build a plan, as you just explained. So that's why I find this model very interesting, because it goes one step further like particularly for test automation, how we can improve in the different areas, in the different layers of the pyramid, as you said. Amazing, amazing job.
1: Thank you. Thank you for the feedback. And I would love to see your uh, plan also. I I refer to your website a lot. So happy, uh, I mean, I'm a big fan of your blog.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. More questions for you. What's your approach to build accountability in test automation?
1: So I think it's going to be visibility. Um, you need to show what is failing, and you need to share what you are testing. A lot of times, if there is some failures or some problems that we know that there is some risk areas, you need you don't have to wait for a P one in production for that to be exposed. You need to be upfront a, a that I think we don't have enough areas covered for this area this section. So having that transparency will build your confidence. And at the same time when you are sharing what you're testing it also helps from the end user point of view that okay i know that this is important and yes you are testing it because a lot of times if you've spent a lot of time testing something which is not important they can come and point it to you that i think this is okay i mean it's okay if it fails but this is what we want to cover more so having that visibility across is definitely helpful and it will help build your accountability because they've seen how many efforts and what you're trying to test. So if there's anything missed, they are not going to come and hold you for it because they have seen your progress. They've seen the way you think. They've seen what you've thought through and you wrote those uh, scenarios. So it's a team effort. So yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Helps.
0: I think we 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 always uh, have this challenge: how to show our value, right? How to show what we are doing and trying to make other people, other roles, other um, the decision makers understand that in order to continue investing in the in in the activities that we should be carrying out.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it's not on day one that you can show the value, and that's where the challenge comes. It's the it's a, it's the end result can be seen maybe six months down the line also. So you have to have them know that upfront that you won't see the change today or tomorrow if you implement it. It's gonna be adding up to your six month milestone.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And also I I think that also help, helps to our own careers, right? because if, if we can learn and improve what we are doing and we give visibility to that about that, we are also helping ourselves and our team to to grow and, and continue progressing on our careers, right?
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: So, my, my final question for you to wrap up this uh, this interview, if you have to recommend a book, uh, it could be about software testing or whatever uh, topic you like. Which one would it be? Uh,
1: there's this book about Accelerate uh, that we've been reading. It talks about how to have metrics that matters it talks about the different dura metrics so uh, it shows you how you can add value so it's difficult to measure automated testing because you know if there is a bug in production that doesn't mean everything is failing and that's not the only way you can quantify how the quality is so that's a good book uh, which talks about um, you know what are the different ways you can analyze uh, the stability and quality of an application
0: and we share the the link to the book in the episode notes it's a great book uh i also really like the the way it's written because it's uh it it has a lot of data to support all everything that they they share in the in the book
1: Yes, absolutely i think the data makes it more conclusive about what you should do and how you should do something and what should you look for to measure where you stand
0: yeah exactly so Aishali, thank you again for accepting the invitation to participate in the in the podcast. It, it was great to listen to all your experience and all your thoughts about this automation and everything. Uh, and I hope to see you soon.
1: Thank you. I am really excited about this opportunity and thank you for this. Uh, I am really enjoy talking to you and keep adding the good work that you do on your website. It's, it's helping a lot of us. So we do go back and refer to this. So thank you so much.
0: I really appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye. I hope your sense for quality got better after this conversation. Thank you so much for listening and please subscribe to Quality Sense Podcast. Tell your friends, your family, your colleagues or whoever you think can benefit from listening to it. I hope to see you soon. Adios amigos.